Well, let's turn back in the scriptures to that uh, portion that we read together from Isaiah, which is Isaiah and chapter 26. Isaiah and chapter 26. Just going to read the first four verses here. Isaiah 26. In that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. Open ye the gates, that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Amen. Let's bow our heads once again and ask the Lord's help. Our eternal Father, we bow before thee again this evening, and as we come to consider the word of God, we pray that thou would carry our minds and our thoughts in the contemplation of the Lord. Even here, Lord, in these verses we read that we will be kept in perfect peace who, whose mind is stayed on thee. So, Lord, we pray that we might be stayed this night upon thee, that our thoughts might be of God and of thy power and of thy strength and of thy deliverance, that we might be in peace indeed, knowing that nothing can assail us and nothing can overthrow us. Lord, we pray that in all things, Thou wilt receive the glory, for it is not in our much talking or in our study of the word, but in thy mighty power that our salvation lays. And Lord, we thank thee that it is not in us, but in thee, for salvation belongeth unto the Lord. So hear us, we ask, and continue with us this evening, and bless our souls as we consider the word of God together. In Jesus' name, amen. So these first four, four verses, in fact, the, the rest of the chapter as well, but these first four verses I want to consider with you uh, are a song. Uh, for we read in the first lines of this chapter, In that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. Open ye the gates that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. I suppose I'm taking this uh, really as the first stanza of the hymn, uh, or of the song which was to be sung in the land. And uh, we want to consider it together. Of course, the third verse is extremely well known uh, to many of us, and that is, uh, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on on thee, and we will come to consider that verse. So I want to see it under four headings here this evening. First of all, the city, uh, because it says there in verse 1, we have a strong city. Secondly, the stay, uh, because it says that thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Thirdly, the strength, uh, because of the Lord, in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. And then finally, although it's first here in the chapter, the song. And we will come to a conclusion with it. So to consider this, then, we see here a city of which uh, the, uh, the writer writes. Uh, we have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. 
a city. And a city which, whose walls and uh, strong towers, the bulwarks, the, uh, the, the earthworks, the defences of the wall are salvation. Strange words, really, which the, the Lord gives to us here, uh, that there will be a city whose walls are salvation. Not the only time in Isaiah that these words are used in Isaiah and chapter 60, uh, right at the end of the book of Isaiah and in verse 18 We read, violence shall no more be heard in thy land, wasting nor destruction within thy borders, but thou shalt call thy walls salvation and thy gates praise. The sun shall be no more thy light by day, neither for brightness shall the moon give light unto thee, but the Lord shall be unto thee an everlasting light. If you know your Bible, you know that in the book of Revelation, uh, those words are picked up by the apostle John about there being no, uh, no, the sun not giving light by day, nor the moon by light, because the Lord, he is the light of it. He picks up those words and speaks of it as being the people of God, as being the church, uh, the church being not just Gentiles. And we need to make that very plain. The church is from the foundation of the world. It is the Jews who lived uh, through that time when the gospel went forth to them and pretty much to them alone although it did go out of course to uh, those of the nations round about think of Naaman the Syrian and uh, Ruth the Moabites they received the gospel also so it wasn't wholly restricted to Israel but for the most part the gospel was amongst Israel but they were the church or at least those who were the lords amongst them were the church and so that uh, is what is being spoken of here We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. That tells us that it's unassailable. It's interesting, isn't it, that the Lord Jesus Christ says that there is none that can pluck them out of my hand. And then he goes on to say, my father is greater than I, and there is none that can pluck them out of my father's hand. Jehovah's Witnesses uh, seek to use that text as uh, saying that God, the father, is greater than the son. Uh, because Jesus says, my father is greater than I. Uh, My explanation for that is that the Lord knows those that are his from the foundation of the world. And before we become a Christian, we can't be plucked out of the father's hand. Now, we uh, are kept by the father and we are kept by the son. All that the father giveth me shall come to me, he says, and whosoever cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. This is not a different thing between the Father and the Son. It is a, a working of the, of the three persons of the Trinity together in our salvation. And so here we see this, this strong city, a city which is unassailable, a, a city which is built upon the salvation of God, that is built uh, with a foundation which is God. In fact, uh, we read this in the scripture also in uh, in. Can't see the can't see the verse at the moment, but it says, "Oh, there it is." Hebrews eleven verse ten. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. A city which has foundations. What is the foundation of this city? Well, the foundation is God Himself, because in God is our salvation. Our salvation is founded upon God's mercy, upon God's grace, upon God's sacrifice even upon the cross in the Lord Jesus Christ. Our salvation is held in him, and there is none that can pluck us from that salvation if we belong to Christ. 
Here we have a strong city then, a city which cannot be taken. It is unassailable. And when we think of the, of the Lord himself here in verse 4, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength, we have an eternal city, an eternal city which cannot be overthrown. In Hebrews 12 and verse 22, it says, But ye are come unto Mount Zion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels. The city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. Now, it's not the only place in the New Testament where this thought of the, of the city as being Jerusalem, but of a heavenly kind. Not the city which we could go and travel to on an aeroplane, go to Israel, go up to the city of Jerusalem and see the walls there and the, uh, and the different things which go on within that city. Not that city. But we read, uh, and we have done already from Galatians 4, but Jerusalem which is above is free. Uh, that ye are come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. In Revelation 3 and verse 12, Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is new Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. Revelation 21, 2, and I, John, saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. So here we have this heavenly city, and the problems which are going on in the days of Isaiah are that the people have departed from the Lord, very much like this country in these days. Hearts have been hardened. Minds have been taken. Minds have been taken with the awful of the world. Uh, we see an awful lot uh, these days on television or hear it on the radio or read it in books or uh, wherever else it may be in magazines. And really all of these things come in and they're all the world's opinions which crush into our minds. And here, what is it that Isaiah is saying in verse 3? Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. It's the mind. It's a battle for the mind. And the battle for the mind, it seems in these days, is being uh, won by the uncleanness of the world. We barely have an opportunity to speak of the things of God in these days. No one believes it because their mind is already filled with everything which is concerning this world, the uncleanness of the world. There was a story told of a woman uh, in Northern Ireland who uh, had been moved upon by her son to buy a television when they first came out and uh, they they were uh, not held in everybody's house there was only a, a few people had televisions in the in the beginning and of course they weren't very great at that and I remember in, in my youth when we got our first television I think I was about eight or so uh, maybe a bit a little bit older a black and white television no color televisions in those days and uh, we got that television that came into the house but this woman, she had been uh, pressed upon by her son to buy a television and it would be helpful to her and she wouldn't be lonely. She'd have something to do within the house. And so she had ordered this television and it was coming and it brought uh, this television to her house and they were unloading it out of the truck. And on the box, it had the name of the company that had made the television and written underneath it says, bring the world into your home. And she said... Take it back. I don't want it. 
And she was very wise because, of course, that's exactly what he does, brings the world into our home. And, of course, in this day and age, it's far worse than ever it's been. The corruptions uh, which are now are such as would never have been accepted at all in the days when it began. The, the, the sewer pipe, the devil's sewer pipe, as someone has called it in the past, uh, certainly has deposited uh, a great amount of awful and uncleanness in the minds of the people. But here we see uh, a city which is being spoken of to the people of Israel who had also been taken up by the gods of this world and by the, the things which go on in, in the world and who had forgotten the Lord that there is another city. We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. Open ye the gates that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. <clears throat> Interesting term which is used there for nation because it's the word Goya, uh, which is a shortened form of Goyim. Goyim is the, is the Gentiles, is the nations. And uh, it is occasionally used of Israel, but not very often. Usually it is just spoken of the nations round about the, and, the, uh, and the, um, the Gentiles. So here it says the righteous nation. So here is a, a, a righteous nation. It's not speaking about a nation as in the English or the Germans or uh, the, the Nigerians or whatever other nation it may be, the Japanese or the Chinese. It's not speaking about a nation uh, which is gathered together in some part of the world. But it's speaking about a nation which is united in righteousness, a nation which is redeemed, a nation which seeks after God, a nation as we have in this ver second verse of Isaiah 26, whose mind, uh, sorry, uh, who, which keepeth the truth, which keepeth the truth, a nation that seeks truth. Jesus, of course, says, I am the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And here, this righteous nation is a nation of those who are saved from all the nations of the world. It doesn't matter where we come from. It doesn't matter what our background is. It doesn't matter what our sins may have been or our corruptions. They all stem from the same thing anyway. They all stem from that sin which is within us, which flourishes in this direction or that direction, flourishes depending on the situation, just like the weeds of this world. Uh, they will flourish in, in places where there is neglect. They'll uh, flourish in places where the circumstances are right. Remember what the Apostle Paul says there, but for the grace of God, go I. Uh, we may not be that uh, evil or wicked in the things that we have done, but nevertheless, the root of the problem is the same root. And those who are the most wicked in the world have got their from the same root just as weeds may uh, flourish in our gardens much better than the plants do in mine uh, but uh, uh, they may flourish in our gardens but then sometimes you may go to uh, a house perhaps perhaps where the garden has not been cared for at all it's been completely neglected and the whole thing is full of briars the whole thing is full of of uh, uh, of plants and, and weeds and uh, you, you, you might look at it and think, well, I wouldn't want to buy that house because I'll have to clear that lot. And look at the thorns that are there. And, and look what a great job that is going to have to be to clean that up. But it all comes from the same thing, doesn't it? It's so easy for that to take over if there's no care being taken. 
the root is the same. So this city is coming in to the midst of this. The city of Jerusalem is going to fall. The city of Jerusalem is going to be destroyed. The, the temple will be destroyed. And uh, sometime later, Nehemiah and Ezra, of course, return and they start to rebuild. But this is coming up to the time of its destruction. And yet, Isaiah says, but we have a strong city. Who is he speaking to? He's speaking to those who love the truth. He's speaking to those who desire to know. He's speaking to those who want to hear the word of God. And they are the church. The church of Jesus Christ. Even though they didn't know who Jesus Christ was. They knew of a Messiah which was to come. Salvation. Will God appoint for walls and bulwarks? And of course that city was maintained even when they were in captivity. Even when they were in the land of Assyria. Even when they had been taken from their homes. They remained in the city. Which was unassailable. A city which was unearthly also secondly then we see here not just the city but the stay the stay thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee what does it mean stayed on thee well we do use the word stay i suppose it's not a word which is often used amongst us uh, but a stay is something which supports something else and this is the word which is thought of here, that if we are stayed upon the Lord, if it's the Lord who is supporting us, holding us up, if it is he who is stopping us from falling, we might put something which is heavy on its side and then we put down a stay. Sometimes you'll have one of those uh, things which, which locks out um, a, a, a mechanical device on something which is heavy. And uh, it locks out, so you can push it in, and you have to put a little lever uh, so that you can bend it and put it down uh, again. Uh, sometimes you'll have those on, on very small boxes just to keep the lid up. Uh, other times they uh, may be on heavier things. But that's the thought here about the mind which is stayed on thee. And the word mind is an interesting one also, because in the Hebrew it is translated often the imagination. I remember from the book of uh, Genesis where it talks about man's uh, imagination was only uh, evil continually. The imagination of his heart was only evil continually. That's this word. And it's not often translated mind. It is more often translated imagination. So really the thought here is not the imagination as in uh, thinking about, uh, I don't know, uh, fairies or unicorns or things like that, but the imagination of of things that can be done uh, you might imagine a new room you might imagine how a bathroom would look if you stripped it out and did it again what what way around would you do it we did it in uh, in the manse and moved things around and the bath's in a different place to where it used to be and the toilet was moved and the sink was moved and it's all different to the way it was but you have to imagine it first and so these are the thoughts of the mind and so what is being said here is that thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose thoughts, whose cogitations, whose thinking, whose uh, consideration of all that goes on around them is stayed on thee. And of course, God is a perfect stay because he does not change. I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, a perfect stay. We are kept 
in a perfect peace whose mind, whose thoughts, whose considerations are stayed on thee. He is our anchor. He is our strong tower. He is our rock. We know that David uses such terminology. In fact, in Psalm 18, we read there, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. And so he lists all of these things. The Lord is all of these things to me. He is my fortress. He is my deliverer. He is my God. He is my strength. He is the one that I trust. He is my buckler, uh, that small shield upon the arm. He goes with me, in other words. A fortress you can't take with you, but a buckler you can. And the Lord is all of these things, the horn of my salvation that calls for help, uh, even in prayer, and my high tower where we get a view of the world. And perhaps that's the, the thought particularly which is here. When our mind is stayed upon the Lord, we get a view of the world from a higher perspective and we see things for what they are. And we see the emptiness of all of the things which people chase after in this world. And the things which break their peace. And if we have our minds stayed on him, he is our stay. I think it's interesting also that it tells us in the first lines of this chapter, in that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. In the land of Judah. In Genesis 49.10 we read, The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come. And unto him shall the gathering of the people be. And here it says, Open ye the gates of the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. Of course, the land of Judah was an actual land. We've been looking at First Samuel for some, some time, three or four years, in actual fact. And I was looking back the other day to when we started. Uh, but we saw uh, there that Judah was a real place. It was a, that there were different parts of it, of course, Bethlehem, where David came from. And uh, we've looked at Gilgal and, and the different parts of that, that uh, nation, Carmel, uh, down toward the south. There's two Carmels in Israel. Uh, and we've seen all those different places which were in Judah. So it's an actual land. But perhaps in the context that we have here, we have a strong city salvation will God appoint for bulwarks. Perhaps we could, we could read this in this way also. And this is the thing, of course, about prophecies, that, that, that they can be read in various ways. But I'm not going to say that this is the right way of reading this, but I, I want to just put it out there, and that is that this song be sung in the land of Judah. And Judah, the Lord Jesus Christ, was of the tribe of Judah. The Lord Jesus Christ was this lawgiver, this Shiloh who was to come, the Messiah whom they were expecting. The Lord Jesus Christ then has a land, and it's a land which is an eternal land, not a fixed abode upon this earth, a piece of ground that can be owned, but a land, Emmanuel's land. And we have a strong city in that land. These are spiritual thoughts. These are thoughts which lift us above the world, that we might look down upon the world for what it is, which is that is a, a flash in the pan here today, gone tomorrow. A 
and nothing that we have in this world will abide forever. But that which will abide forever is found in the Lord. And the Lord Jesus Christ, being made perfect, became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Those who keep the truth may enter in. David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved. He is our stay. We are fixed upon the Lord Jesus Christ. We are in Christ. We are branches on that vine which is Jesus Christ. Our victory, our strength, our overcoming is all found in Jesus Christ. So we move on then to the strength. And here it says again in verse 4, Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Uh, This is one of just two verses that use this terminology, the Lord Jehovah, which is Jar Jehovah. Jar is a shortened form of the name Jehovah. Jar Jehovah is using the name of the Lord twice. And uh, I suppose what came to my mind was where Paul writes in, in Romans 8, Abba, Father. Abba meaning Father. Father, Father in two different ways. Jar, the short name, and Jehovah, the full name. Here it says, Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in Jar Jehovah is everlasting strength. He is our friend, but he is also our God. He is our saviour, but he is also our Lord. He is strength. In Isaiah 12 and verse 2, this is the other place where it's used, and surely it must be a good thing for us to look up uh, where it is used uh, in this book, and in fact in the scriptures. But we see it there in Isaiah 12. And in that day... Well, it begins in in the same way as this chapter. In that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. And in that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Though thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortedst me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For Jah Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. Therefore with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. And in that day shall ye say, Praise the Lord. Call upon his name. Declare his doings among the people. Make mention that his name is exalted. Sing unto the Lord, for he hath done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, thou inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. Well, it fits very closely, doesn't it, with these words. The Lord is great in the midst of us. The Lord is our strength. The Lord is the one in whom we are to trust forever. The Lord will uphold us, and the Lord cannot be defeated. We have a strong city. The salvation of God is appointed for walls and bulwarks. We cannot be overcome. And we will be kept in perfect peace as we fix our minds and our hearts and our thoughts upon him. And the problem for us is that we are so tied to this world and the world has such an effect and such an influence upon us and uh, raises so many uh, temptations and desires within us that we are so easily drawn away from the Lord. Uh, and we forget him. 
The verse comes to mind, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. How, how easily we are just taken up with the things of the world so the things of God don't enter into our minds. Our minds are not stayed upon him. And then the, the peace is gone. And these words, perfect peace as well, uh, they're similar to this fourth verse. If we're in the, in Jah, Jehovah is everlasting strength. Thou wilt keep him in peace, peace, shalom, shalom. The word is used twice. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. What is this word, peace, then? Well, if you look it up in a, uh, in a concordance, you'll find that not in a concordance, in a, a dictionary, a, a Hebrew dictionary. Uh, it, it gives this, the peace comprises there and is used in differing uh, circumstances for these words, completeness. He will keep you in completeness. Soundness. He will keep you sound. Uh, I just asked the question this morning. What does it mean? Well, church is, is termed as unsound. Well, keep your mind upon the Lord Jesus Christ and he will maintain you in soundness. Welfare is another word which is used. Completeness in number. Safety and soundness in body. Welfare, health, prosperity, tranquility, contentment, friendship in human relationships and in the covenant relationship with God. Peace from war. These words all are caught up in that word shalom and it's used twice. And when the Lord uses a word twice, he uses it twice for a reason. Think of the double amens in John's gospel. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, the double amen, the word for verily being amen, amen, I say unto thee. And here we have this, this perfect peace. So we come finally then to this song, a song which is to be in our mind. The songs, songs are really useful to us, aren't they? They're, uh, songs, if we know the words to the songs, can be of great comfort to us. I don't know many songs you know. Uh, there's lots of people who can sing songs, so certainly uh, secular songs, and can know all the words. Uh, you have to learn the words, I presume. And uh, I would imagine in this day and age you'd have to download the words in order to know them because there are many times when you listen to something and uh, I've seen uh, in the past where people have, have uh, taken the words of a song as meaning one thing and when you actually look it up it doesn't say that at all. But that's what it sounds like when it's being sung. So... But what about the songs of Zion? How about hiding them in our hearts? And some of them are very easy to, to remember as well, the tunes of them. The tunes were written uh, by various authors throughout the, uh, the centuries. And those tunes were made to be popular tunes. They're like the pop music of today. Uh, the tunes were made so they were easy to remember and so that they would be obvious for singing and that the people would be able to, to sing them without having uh, to have uh, instruction, uh, but just simple little songs so that they could sing them and the words set to them. Certainly Charles Wesley was very careful in setting words that he might teach the people through those songs as well. And many others have done a similar thing. It's a good thing to have a song in our mouth. And I'm going to finish this service indeed with one such song, uh, Like a River Glorious is God's perfect peace, over all victorious in its bright increase, perfect 
yet it floweth fuller every day. Perfect, yet it groweth deeper all the way. And sometimes these hymns have tremendous thoughts in them, don't they? It's perfect, and yet it floweth fuller every day. And you have to ask the question then, well, if it's perfect, how can it be fuller tomorrow? Because then it can't surely be perfect today. And yet the thought is there so that we might consider it. That the, that the wonders of God, they just keep on running deeper. They're already perfect. They're already as good as we could find. But the closer we get to the Lord, the more we are stayed upon him, the more we love him, the more time we spend in his, per- in his presence, the more perfect they become to us. Perfect, yet it groweth deeper all the way. I suppose the thought there is to uh, the river which flows from the temple in Ezekiel, uh, which comes out and it is up to the ankles, then it is up to the knees, and then it's up to the thighs, and then it is waters to swim in. It, it keeps on growing deeper. And of course, God is infinite and eternal and unchangeable. And so there is always more depth. There is always more to know about him stayed upon jehovah hearts are fully blessed finding as he promised perfect peace and rest based of course upon this third verse thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee or that the lord would draw us unto himself that our minds might be filled with thoughts of righteousness the apostle paul in the new testament says whatsoever things are lovely Whatsoever things are of good report, whatsoever things are just, think on these things. And the God of peace will keep your hearts. Uh, the, uh, the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. May, men, may the Lord do so and may our minds be emptied of the corruptions of this world and be filled with the blessings of the Lord and the peace of God be with you all. Amen.